Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Look in your home. Look in your office. Look in your home office. Everywhere you turn, there's so much smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. Our game-changing FlexPath format puts you in control of your master's degree so you can learn how, when, and where you want. Smart, huh? Yeah, we think so, too. So if you want to take the next step in your career, make Capella your first step. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, and by Fry the Coop. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends, to what we're calling an emergency edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James DeVoe from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, as always, is, of course, the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. We are coming to you today with breaking news from the NHL. The Blackhawks are playoff bound, sort of. The (laughs) NHL released its plan for its 24-team tournament of champions or whatever the heck they're calling it today. There's a lot of headlines that came out from where Gary Bettman had spoken in his fortress of solitude with barking dogs and screaming grandchildren (laughs) and all sorts of madness. But the most important part of all of it is that we do ostensibly and according to the schedule have Blackhawks hockey to look forward to later this summer as they will take on the Edmonton Oilers in a best of five series assuming everything goes according to plan. And that is a big assumption. Uh, Before we lay out everything for you, we're going to do our best to give all the details as it pertains to the Blackhawks, including which players will and will not be available when these playoffs begin. First of all, I want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at MadhousePod. 
Facebook.com slash Madhouse Hockey CHI, like Chicago, because that dick won't give me at Madhouse Pod on Facebook. Um, <laughs> we're on Instagram at Madhouse underscore pod and uh, email MadhousePod at gmail.com. And of course, there's MadhousePod.com, which has all of our episodes, some information about James and I, our sponsors. It's got a link to our Threadless shop. We don't talk about that enough. We should talk about it more. I just did. All right, let's get into it. So this is called phase two, okay? And this whole, you know, the, the resumption of play, the, the the small steps they're taking to start playing again. And even that does not have a specific date. They're saying early June. That would mean teams would be permitted to return to home facilities for a small group, voluntary, and on and off ice training. Okay, phase three they think would not happen earlier than the first half of July. And phase four, which is when the actual playing can begin, they don't even know yet. But in that phase four, they will select hub cities. The Blackhawks are among the candidates to be one of the hub cities. Each playoff series will happen in an Eastern Conference city and a Western Conference city, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Vegas, L.A., Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver are the 10 teams being considered. Oof. There's a lot yeah. to unpack here. So I think a lot of people know the basics of this. The top four seeds in each conference will play a round-robin seeding tournament, which if you're the Boston Bruins, you're probably pretty pissed about because you've had yep. a great year, and now you have to win a round-robin. Same thing robin. with the St. Louis Blues. Exactly. Here's where the Blackhawks come in, the qualifying round. The remaining eight teams will play a best-in-five series to advance to the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's the Blackhawks and the Oilers in a best of five as soon as phase four begins. That's the big news for Chicago, and they are officially a postseason team. Maybe not officially a playoff team, but they officially have a postseason series to play against the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I think there's obviously a lot about the format that we had already kind of known, whether it was the the seeding for the uh tournaments that are going to take place the Blackhawks playing the Edmonton Oilers we kind of already knew that if it was based on point percentage that would be the team that they would end up facing uh obviously I think that format is about as it's about as fair I think as you're going to get something that's going to ultimately be as chaotic as this I think that obviously you can't ask these guys to go out and immediately play a best of seven series and they obviously did not want to try to go through the logistics of trying to schedule like preseason exhibition type games before this thing started so I I think from that perspective I think this is about as good as it could potentially get I personally like the way they're doing the round robin thing to reseed the top four teams I think that's really fair gets them a couple of games under their belts make sure they're not completely cold coming into the rest of the postseason and ultimately could be more beneficial to them because they'll only play three games whereas these other teams may end up playing five and those teams have to play the overtime rules of the playoffs, which is obviously 20 minutes, five on five, yada, yada. The round robin games, it's three on three overtime. So you don't have to worry about, you know, three and four overtime games in that particular part of the bracket. So nice little touches by the NHL on that stuff. The thing that I just cannot wrap my head around right now is with all of this stuff that they've been talking about medical experts have to sign off on this stuff and there's a limit on team personnel that can be in the cities that this is going on in 
How in God's green earth is Chicago one of the 10 cities that they're potentially evaluating as a contender to be a hub city? Like, I get it. Chicago is a huge, like, franchise in the NHL. There is no doubt about it. They lead the league in attendance, draw TV ratings, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, Chicago has been one of the hardest hit cities in the country by the coronavirus. And I know that we're talking about mid to late July by this the time this thing finally gets rolling. What makes you think that Chicago is going to be so completely past that spike in cases that we're going to be able to handle something like that? Not only that, handle it safely and something that, you know, a couple of positive tests could derail the whole thing. Yeah, so here, as I've been trying to play devil's advocate as to why cities like Chicago and Los Angeles would be considered, is if you're going to put each team in its own hotel, Chicago, L.A., obviously Las Vegas, which to me is the perfect place to do it, you can give each of these teams their own hotel to stay in that could pretty much be vacant (laughs) otherwise. And they have a lot of hotels very close to the arena. I know all these cities probably do that. But I think when you look at the major cities on this list, that's probably the consideration. I, for one, would be absolutely shocked if Chicago wins this bid or if L.A. wins this bid. I think they're better off going, you know, populated small market where the spread has not been huge. Uh, I'm Columbus, supp- you mean? <laughs> well, Columbus or I, even like the Canadian cities, like Canada has a better grasp on this, but that creates a whole issue of work visas and things like that. So mm-hmm. that's an issue there as well. So there's a lot of things to consider. The fact that Chicago is on the list, I think, is more of a, well, you know, if things look good and if the testing's good, a major city is great for us because, A, it's very central, Right. Chicago is is central to the country, so it doesn't really screw anybody time wise. It's easy travel for the teams that have to come there. And again, the accommodations that Chicago could offer exceed some of these other cities. But based on the fact that, you know, we're not expecting our numbers to spike until mid-June, that's I guess when they're saying the peak would be. Are they really going to be ready for hockey in late July or August? I, I don't know. I, I, I find it hard to believe. But look, stranger things have happened. And there is a little note here that says on the release, timing and sites will be determined at a future date and will be dependent on COVID-19 conditions, testing ability, and government regulations. So they, I will say this. They've covered their bases. They've clearly put in all the work. They're clearly listening to what experts are saying. They've put a bunch of qualifiers in here to protect themselves. Um, but this is a pretty well laid out plan. And it is the most laid out plan we've seen from any of the major sports so far. So I did not expect the NHL to be the front runners in this. But, hey, I guess good job. And and like we said last week, everything's with the caveat of safety, safety, safety. Um, sure. But this plan, aside from the draft lottery, which we're going to get to, is pretty coherent and makes a lot of sense. And I think the team it benefits the most is the Hawks. Like, yeah, there's, no a, job, there's right? a lot of teams here that are like, this kind of sucks for us. I mentioned Boston, St. Louis, obviously, uh, but in like Detroit, now their odds of the first pick are down a little bit. They're not as high as they were. Like, there's a lot of teams that are negatively affected by this. But the Hawks, as Mark Lazarus tweeted, you're either going to get a top 10 pick or two rounds of postseason hockey. And I think, well, yeah, that's every Hawks fan will take that. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? And obviously we, you know, with all of this uh, stuff that's happened, I haven't been able to do much of anything in terms of draft prep, but you're still a lot better off if you can get a 
potential top 10 pick than getting stuck in that, you know, 15 range. If the Blackhawks had, you know, made a late run and finished just outside of the playoff picture and got stuck in that, like, you know, NHL hell, having a shot at that top 10 pick or extra playoff hockey, I will say is one of the things that I'm liking the most. And of course, I'm sure it's going to draw a lot of uh, detraction from a lot of uh, NHL fans who are frankly just so sick of seeing the Blackhawks get so many favors and nice things done for them by that league. Well, you could argue they've earned it. Uh, but whatever, I, I understand the anger. And if I was another a fan of another team, I would definitely be rolling my eyes at the situation for sure. Hey, let's celebrate, right? Good news. Good night. Why don't you call up Chuck Southern Comforts Cafe? They've got locations in Burbank and Darien. Order up some jambalaya or some barbecue nachos or some pulled pork or a big ass burger, some great wings, whatever you have a taste for, whatever you want to celebrate with Chuck, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe. Again, Burbank and Darien, chuckscafe.com. Check out their menus and their specials they're open curbside pickup they deliver in some cases so you're going to want to go visit our friends at chuck's cafe we talk about them all the time the mexican the cajun the barbecue the burgers the wings everything at chuck's is great you will find something for everyone in your family at chuck's and they will all say damn this was an outstanding meal so go visit chuckscafe.com look at their specials look at their menu and celebrate the blackhawks return to the playoffs, you can't fire Stan Bowman now, can you, jerks? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be stuck with Jeremy Colleton forever and ever, amen. <laughs> Did you know he's on Twitter? He is? Yes. I discovered this a couple weeks ago. It's an unverified account. It has 1,992 followers, but it's him. The Twitter account is at Blackie Hubcap. What? <laughs> yes. It's really him. All that the Blackhawks like caller to Boars and Burns. I know, game. but all the Blackhawks like PR staff follows him. The beat writers all follow him. That is Jeremy Cowton's Twitter account. His most recent tweet is it says, "How am I doing?" at Coach Q's mustache, and it's him missing a tooth with a dirt, dirt porn stash on his face. I mean, it is offensive. It really, my is. lord. And the Hawks yeah. have, and the, and the Hawks respond to that tweet. That's him. Blackie Hubcap. I don't know what that means. I, I cannot believe he has fewer <laughs> than 2,000 followers. It's because no one knows it. No one can believe it's real. It's unverified. There's so few tweets. There's so few followers. But that's him. There he is. Jeremy Cowton. <laughs> well, that derailed everything. Yeah. Now I don't even know what to talk about anymore. Uh, the dirt stash. We'll do a whole segment. Ask Jeremy Cowton's dirt stash. It's really it's really bad. All right. It's going to give you a lot of uh, Florida-related answers. <laughs> oh, definitely. Let's try to uh, dissect this draft lottery thing. It is very confusing. I'm not a smart man. I was told there wouldn't be math. Um, and here's math for me. And here's – it's very, very convoluted. Um, do you want to you give want me to break stat? down what we know about this? Yes. You, you, I'm going to put my feet up and light a cigar and you handle this. Go. Okay. So <laughs> – Here's here's the deal, friends. We have seven we have seven teams who are not going to make this uh, postseason tournament, right? The seven teams who were just super bad and they're the Red Wings of the world and they're gone. We <laughs> don't have to deal with them in this tournament. By so, the way, just to interrupt you real quick. They run down the winning percentages of the teams that are not in it in the East. Sabres, 493, 493 for the Devils, 472 for the Ducks, blah, blah. 
Red Wings, 0. .275. Yeesh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Go on. Okay, so the draft lottery. They're, what they're going to do is they're going to, apparently, they're going to have a draw, a phase one draw on June 26th. They will have those seven teams. They all have their respective odds. The Actually, what the NHL has said is that all of those teams will still have their previously allocated odds of getting the first, second, or third round pick. Remember, they do three draws, one for each of the picks. Oh, right. I misspoke earlier. Thank you. If one of those teams, one of those seven, wins that pick, as far as I can tell, they keep it. Mm-hmm. That, or wins the wins the draw, they win the right to the first overall pick for the first draw. Then, if the winning team of that first draw is from the 8-15 to 15 group, which is where the teams like the Blackhawks who are in the playoff, like the play-in round, but if they lose the play-in round, they would be assigned one of those slots. If one of those slots wins, they get the right to the first overall pick, but that would not be determined until phase two of the lottery. So they would have a second phase to determine if one of those eight teams one of the placeholder teams wins the right to a pick. If it's one of the top seven, you don't have to worry about it. If it's one of, not one of those, then they have to have a second phase after the quarterfinal round ends. It's so ridiculous. Like, I cannot believe we have to do this. <laughs> but, again, what you, if, what you should be rooting for is for placeholder teams to win all three of the picks and ensure mass chaos. Yep. That's pretty much it. I, I, I have no... By the way, thank you for explaining that. You did a really good job. Still no clue. <laughs> I still have zero understanding of what's going to happen. I'm just going to let the draft lottery happen and be like, is that good? And it'll say yes or no, and I'll say, okay, thank you. Just tell me when the Hawks pick. <laughs> I did, I did want to clarify that the Red Wings still have an 18.5% chance of winning the first overall pick in the draft. I would also like to point out that, remember, the Ottawa Senators have two shots at getting the number one pick because they have the second and third best odds of winning that pick because of a trade they made with the San Jose Sharks. Well, I believe that was the Eric Carlson trade. Yes, the uh, Senators and Red Wings need them. So the Senators <laughs> not only – they the Senators could ostensibly – win the top two picks in the draft. That's How insane would that be? That's insane. It's also the second time you've used a word ostensibly, and I am proud of you. I've got some words, man. You are a wordsmith. I, I am indeed. You are a cunning linguist. Wow. As they I say like it. in the old country. I'm putting that on my tombstone. <laughs> All right, let's take a <laughs> quick time out. When we come back, we're going to tell you, hey, there were some hurt Blackhawks when the season paused. Who can play? Who can't? When we come back on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price, just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See Metro by T-Mobile.com. 
London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where Open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible. Welcome back to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Make sure you're supporting small businesses in your area. Like our friends at Triple Threat Sports, they have shut down the sewing machines for jerseys and things like that, and they have readapted them to make you masks. Hit up Triple Threat Sports, 708-478-6090. You can order one. You can order 10,000. You can get them plain. You can get them with logos. You can get them all different colors. You need a mask to leave your home, to go into a store, all those things. Hit up our buddy Chris Hubble at Triple Threat Sports, Chris at TripleThreatSports.com. Again, the number 708-478-6090. If you need a mask, they can make a mask at Triple Threat Sports, so hit them up. And we also want to tell you about our longtime partners, Marishka's in Crest Hill, 604 Theodore Street. They are family-owned and operated since 1933. Chances are you've heard of Marishka's because of their poor boy sandwich, but that's not all they have. I mean, yeah, the first 50 times you're going to go, you're going to want the poor boy, but you might at some point, want to try something else on the menu. You don't have to. You'll be perfectly fine with the poor boy, but they've got great burgers, chops, seafood, everything. Again, curbside pickup. Call Marishka's. Visit marishkas.com or facebook.com slash marishkas. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So you are good to go with our friends at Marishkas. All right, James, before we went to break... We teased that there are some Blackhawks that finished the season injured, air quotes, finished the season, that might be eligible to come back for these playoffs. And I want to remind everybody, Adam Boquist was hurt. He was in the concussion protocol. Seems like he'll be ready to go. Drake Kajula had a hand injury from the fight he had against the Blues. He's probable according to a source, says uh, Mark Lazarus. He has been playing video games actively, so that's a good sign. Brent Seabrook, not ready. Uh, December 15th is when he had his surgery on his shoulder and his left hip in January and February. He was given a timeline of five to six months, so it's probably not looking good for Brent Seabrook. Uh, Zach Smith, who had the back injury questionable. Andrew Shaw who hasn't played since November 30th and was placed in a concussion protocol December 3rd and shut down for the season on February 29th. Shaw has said on social media he's working out at home, but we don't know his status. The good news is Calvin DeHaan, who went down on December 10th and had his surgery on December 27th, he is probable to play when the season returns. He is expected to be fully healed by June and has been feeling good. That is a big addition for the Blackhawks. The fact that Calvin DeHaan can step in and play. Yep, there's going to be some rust, just like everybody in the league, but the Blackhawks are without a doubt a better team with Calvin DeHaan on the ice. Oh, geez, man. That's uh that's a lot of guys that, you know, went down with injury, didn't really think about that recently, but this team was really injury ravaged throughout the regular season and it is going to be great to see guys like Calvin DeHaan back I would love to see Andrew Shaw back but obviously would you know much prefer him to get healthy and make sure that he's good to go moving forward you know I'd rather not waste this in a completely nonsensical wacky doodle tournament I guess 
But getting Dehan back is really good. And I think that, obviously, I wasn't expecting guys like Brent Seabrook to be back in the mix. But to hear some of the up, other updates on guys like Kajula and Dehan is really great news. The one guy, Jay, that I'm curious about, what do the Blackhawks do with some dude named Ian Mitchell? Yep. Because Ian Mitchell is eligible to play in this thing because of the way his contract agreement worked out. If the season were to resume, Ian Mitchell could pull a Charlie McAvoy and potentially play in the postseason for the Blackhawks. The question I have is, do you want him to jump in immediately and play, or do you just say, hey, you're probably going to end up playing next year? I think they end up playing him because I think that's what he wants to do. Boy, it's tough to just take a guy and insert him into playoffs. For the first time in his career, here you go, kid. Welcome to the NHL. You are in a playoff series. No preseason game, no regular season warm-up. That, to me, is a tough sell. And I'd be excited to watch him play, but I don't know, man. You've got three. You've got to beat the Oilers three out of five, and I'm not experimenting with Ian Mitchell at that point. I'm Why? I don't know. I, I In a five-game series, anything can happen. And then the next matchup would be Dallas. Dallas isn't unbeatable. I don't know. I think if you're getting this blessing of being able, of being magically inserted into the playoffs as a friggin' 12 seed by an act of God or nature or whatever you want to say, you take advantage of that and try to win the damn thing. I'm look, Ian Mitchell's not going anywhere. He can start next season, whatever, especially with Calvin DeHaan back. I'm not rushing Ian Mitchell into a damn thing, especially if your first game is okay, go face Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl and company in a playoff game. Welcome to the NHL. That is a really tough place to insert a kid. And you've got to be careful about like, okay, if he gets in there and gets torched his first game, what does that do for his future? What does it do for his confidence? Do you realize how many guys are going to get torched in this thing? Well, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl torch people all the time. Yeah. But I just don't know. What, what is the advantage of playing him in the series? That's what I don't understand. Why? Because nothing matters. Not to be a nihilist about it, but they're playing with house money right now as far as I'm concerned. Why the heck not? The best but, case scenario is though? he makes a ma- – I, I, do you think – do you think – do you honestly think – that if they play Ian Mitchell, that lowers their chances of winning. I don't know. I've never seen him play. I I would I, be willing to gamble that he would improve their chances. And if he stinks, don't play him. Like, you can easily say, well, you know, you kind of struggled in game one or game two or whatever. We're going to give dude X a look in game three. I mean, literally, to me, this is your playing with house money. Yes, you would love to win this thing, but I think looking at the Blackhawks roster, I would say right now in terms of healthy bodies on that blue line, I think Ian Mitchell is one of your top six guys, and you give him a shot to play. Okay, Keith, Mata, Murphy are in for sure. Bogus is in for sure. Dahan is in for sure. That's five. So now you're looking at Cuckoo, Bodan, Carlson, and Sealer. You really want him to play, but like you don't want him to play before Sealer or Lucas Carlson. That's fine, but I think Cuckoo, even though everybody hates him, he had a pretty good year. Oh uh-huh. no, 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 no! The Black, the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast does not hate Slater Cuckoo. I said, let people. us go ahead and. Okay, good. I was gonna say <laughs> we don't hate him. 
we we were giving credit where it was due. He had some bad games here and there, but he's not bad. And also, Nicholas Bodan, I don't think, is part of this conversation. I think that if you're going to play a guy between him and Ian Mitchell, I'm taking Ian Mitchell. I think Bodan's going to be a fine player. I think Mitchell could be better. I agree with that. I, it, it feels like, based on just what I've seen, that he's at least better defensively at this point than okay. Boban. Um, I can, ex- I can, yeah, I can I, go with that. I don't know. I just, to me, like you said, you're playing with house money. Why not try to win the damn thing and put the most ready team on the ice? You can't, I'm not saying that Slater Cuckoo is head and shoulders better than E. Mitchell by any means. I don't right. believe that for a second, but I think it's right. a really hard sell. And look, you've got to tell your veteran players this too. Like, Hey, we have been given this second chance, but we're going to try to develop while we're doing it. Hell no. How would Duncan no, Keith react no, no, to that? No. You're right. You are absolutely right that that should not be the focus of this. Yeah. So you you say to Duncan Keith, like, hey, look, um, I know this is this is an unprecedented opportunity we're getting. And I know you're 36 and you play 30 minutes a night and you kill yourself every day to stay in shape for us. But we want to give Ian Mitchell a look in this five game series. No. That, to me, is a really hard sell. Unless Duncan Keith hates Slater Cuckoo or somebody else, to me, it's a really tough... Look, if you beat the Oilers and you want to give him a look in the first game against the Dallas Stars, fine. Or or if Cuckoo struggles mightily and you're down two games to none and you need a spark, fine. Put him in there. But I'm not starting a season with Ian Mitchell as my defensive pairing. And I want to start a poll on this, and I know it's not going to go my way. Because people hate the Hawks' offensive or defensive depth, but if you actually think about the reality of the situation, if you think, look, it's not NHL twenty. You can't just plug somebody in and he's ready to go. Development matters, timing matters, and th- for me to throw a guy into a playoff race as your first time wearing the Hawks jersey, that's really tough. I don't know, like I don't know how I can justify that, especially a five game series seven. We could talk. Seven game series, we can talk. But tossing a guy in if it was a forward, we could talk too. But a defenseman, I don't know. I that that's a really hard sell for me. I just I think that with this scenario, with this type of playoff that we're talking about here, I think that it would make sense for them to try to capture lightning in a bottle and try to play Ian Mitchell. I don't think that playing him in a series like this, and as you said, correctly guys like Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid make a lot of dudes look really bad I think knowing that and knowing how short of a playoff series this is I think trying to catch lightning in a bottle is not going to be a bad thing for the development of Ian Mitchell I don't think it sets him back at all if he struggles to me what it reminds me of is what the Cubs did last season with Nico Horner they just they were trying to throw stuff at the walls because they had a million injuries and they needed to spark. They tried to put him in and it worked for a while and then it didn't. You know what? That kind of thing happens. I think that Ian Mitchell, especially if Calvin DeHaan says he's ready to go, what if he isn't? What if they want to like take it easy with his shoulder? I think that that is even more of an incentive to play Ian Mitchell. And no, it is not strictly a developmental play to do so I think that it's putting a skilled hockey player into a very unique and odd position admittedly and seeing if he can excel in it and if he can't big deal you have him come back next season and I don't think he's any worse for wear for this I think 
I personally would rather see Ian Mitchell on the ice than Lucas Carlson. I'd rather see him out there than Nick Sealer. I'd rather see him out there than Nicholas Bodan. The one guy that I do agree with you that you do have a decision to make based on body of work and NHL experience and all of that, I do think that Slater Cuckoo has a good argument to be in that top six based on who the Blackhawks will have healthy and available. I say you give that a look in training camp, and if he's looking real good, you go ahead and do it, and then you make your other decisions with Calvin DeHaan and the others. But I do not think for a second that it would be a bad idea to play Ian Mitchell, and I think that it could even be beneficial not only to him confidence-wise, but more importantly to the Blackhawks potentially putting a shock into the Edmonton Oilers and winning this thing. Okay, it's not unprecedented. According to Reddit, which we all know is always correct, so reliable players who have made their NHL debuts in the playoffs. You mentioned Charlie McAvoy, Jerome McGinley. Someone says Mark Stone in 2012 started in the playoffs. Tom Wilson started in the playoffs again. This is well, we all know how Tom Wilson's. This you know. is yeah. This is according to Reddit, which we are acknowledging is always correct. Is it true that Brett Hull made his debut for the Flames in the '86 Stanley Cup Final? Someone is saying that. That's something. That sounds- that's wild, man. What do all these guys have in common, though? They're all really good, and people remember them. <laughs> That's yes. I am certain there were other guys who made debuts that were not quite well, Hall of Fame caliber guys. Fine, McAvoy is a defenseman, and Tom Tom Wilson's a defenseman. It's fine, fine. Uh, but I just I don't know. It's a t- it's a tough sell for me. So while you were uh, diatribing, uh, you don't know I did this, but I did put the poll up, <laughs> man. I was pod, <laughs> on Twitter. And uh, you are kicking my ass. It's it's very early, but yeah, 80% say yes, they would start Ian Mitchell's NHL career in the five-game series versus the Oilers. 20% say no. 20% of you are very, very smart. The rest, I'm not so sure about. <laughs> Being such a baby, dude. <laughs> I just, look, it's scary for me. You are given this new chance of life of like, look, you were really close to the playoff spot. Then you just pooped your pants in front of everybody and totally fell out of it. But guess what? And then you get a chance at a top 10 pick. Okay, but why not try to win the damn thing? It's not a tough Again, do you really think that Sealer or freaking Carlson gives you a better chance to win than Ian Mitchell? I I don't think you can say that. I think right now Slater Cuckoo does. Look, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, and again, I'm not in love with Slater freaking Cuckoo by any means. No, you clearly are. But just ta- like, here's your NHL debut. We can't lose three games. Good luck. Oh, by the way, two of the best players on the planet are barreling down on you. That's really tough to overcome, man. And I, Fair look, to Midland, sure, they can uh, make adjustments to lineups between games. I don't think it's locked in stone every game. Oh, yeah, because JC has really, has really, he's really endeared ourselves with his strategic adjustments. Hey, you were just talking about how much you like his mustache. I don't want you coming hard at him now. Okay, contrary to popular belief, the mustache does not will you to victory in the playoffs unless you are Ditka and Coach Q. And Phil Jackson. Okay, fine. If he has a mustache, all bets are off, and the Hawks are going to win the cup. I don't care who <laughs> plays. All right. Uh, I have loved this so much. <laughs> this has been fun. And you and I, I don't. I did not anticipate us getting into an argument about this. No, we don't disagree very often. Uh, and that, look, I'm, I am I am standing my ground in this. I think it's a bad idea to start his career in the playoffs. 
But look, uh, you are killing me in the poll. Quick update. 85% now agree with James. <laughs> okay, fine. Shut up. All right. Well, I'm going to end the podcast now because I have the control of the recording device and I'm ah. taking my ball and going home. But before I do that, <laughs> I want to tell you about our friends at Fry the Coop and FryTheCoop.com. Nashville hot chicken. Oh, it is one of my favorite things in the world. Well, in my opinion, and I have said this since before we were partners with Fry the Coop, I think Fry the Coop is the best Nashville hot chicken I've ever had, and I've had all of the ones that are world famous in Nashville. They're in Oak Lawn, they're in Elmhurst, they're in West Town taking orders. Now they also have a Wells Street Market location that is closed due to the pandemic, but go to frythecoop.com, place your order online. You want a hot chicken sandwich between a donut? Hell yeah, you do. What else? Right now, YOLO, right? The Hawks are in the playoffs. We're in a pandemic. Don't worry about what you're eating. Just enjoy it. Chicken and cheese sandwich, the spicy butter fried chicken sandwich. Ugh, I just get the tenders every time I go. And I'm telling you, it's hot. It is hot. So make sure. If you think you can take the hot, I challenge you to just order the hot. There's two above that. It's going to be a challenge for you. So go visit. Wow. Fry the, I'm getting just salivating thinking about this. Go to frythecoop.com. Come get your happiness at Fry the Coop. That's going to do it for this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast because I'm I'm pouting. But I want to let everybody know, if you don't listen to Lockdown Blackhawks, this is my last week on Lockdown Blackhawks. And the main reason that's the case is, is because I felt like, even though I promised not to, that I neglected the Madhouse podcast a little bit. And this is my baby. This is what I truly care about and love. And James and I built this up from scratch. So after this week, Lockdown is done. Full commitment on Madhouse. And uh, we'll be, look, now we've got a lot to talk about. So you can expect multiple episodes a week, even if it's not me and James every time sometimes it'll be James sometimes it'll be me more often it'll be both of us but we're going to be a lot more available for you as the weeks and months go by as we get ready for Blackhawks playoff hockey James anything you want to add before I just cut your mic (laughs) uh besides being right which I so often am um I did legitimately want to say that I know that we've added the caveat of health and safety a lot and everybody knows where we stand on that we want everybody to be healthy first and playing hockey second but today is still i think a really it's a good day for us man we we all love this sport so much and if there's a way to bring it back safely even if it's completely chaotic and crazy let's just let's do it man let's drop the puck let's go nuts this ought to be a hoot I I honestly am excited for it. I'm here for the chaos, man. Sign me up. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We will talk to you very, very soon. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, and tell a damn friend. Hockey's back. We are here for playoff Blackhawk hockey. Be well. Be safe. Stay home. Take care of each other and yourselves. We'll talk to you next time on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, and by Fry the Coop. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh?
I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, giveth thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.